Hi everyone, this is Pastor Russ Gordon of Bethel Lutheran Church greeting you on this Simply the Sermon broadcast. Glad that you could join us today. We are observing the second Sunday in this beautiful season of Lent. Uh, Lent means springtime, and so it is meant to be a springtime of the soul where we are growing with Christ, following Christ all the way to the cross and to the resurrection on Easter Sunday. So I hope this is a very special and meaningful season uh, for you. For just a few announcements. First of all, um, we are in, as in, in the Lenten season, we have midweek suppers and services. Uh, soup supper will this coming Wednesday, March the 8th, will be at Bethel Lutheran Church at 6 o'clock, and the service commences at 7, so I hope you can join us for that. Our friends from Hope Lutheran Church will be with us as well. Uh, please look at the Friday announcements, too, on your email. Uh, and if you're not getting the email, please contact Sam at the church office so we can get you on the email list. But uh, we are collecting uh, personal care kits uh, to be sent off with Lutheran Road Relief to help others throughout the world. So please uh, join us for that as well. Uh, the Bible study commences also on Wednesday at 11 o'clock with intern Monica. Who, and, and it's a wonderful Bible study. If you haven't been a part of it, uh, please, please join us. All right. Let me uh, read to you from the Gospel of John, the third chapter. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know, and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things, and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The word of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I think I was about four, maybe five years old when my mother decided it was time for me to have my very first barbershop haircut. Now, I don't know whether it was the word cut 
that terrified me or the thought of going to a stranger who worked with scissors and razors. Dad had always been the one to give us our haircuts. My brothers and I knew it was haircut day when Dad put out the stool and electric shears in the laundry room and came looking for us. But of course, we were long gone by then. Alas, we couldn't hide forever, so we faced the inevitable, my father's army-style buzz cuts. (laughs) Why can't Dad cut my hair? I recall pleading with my mother, hoping for some kind of compromise. Why do I have to go to the barber? Well, she told me it was time for church directory pictures to be taken later that day, and she wanted me to look extra nice. So with no deliberation, my father lifted me into our brown 56 Chevy sedan and drove downtown to Mr. Dollar's Barbershop. The shop had great big plate glass windows through which I could observe the latest sobbing victim, a lad a little older than myself, his locks falling to the floor. The spinning red and white barber pole outside was not a friendly sign at all for me. Inside the shop, my footsteps clicked on the hard checkerboard pattern tile floor. I was filled with a sense of dread. But I remember Dad holding my hand. He did not drag me along. Rather, in his straightforward manner, he simply walked into the bright, mirrored shop with total assurance, and I held my father's hand all through the haircut. And because he was so sure and unafraid, my fear gradually ebbed away. My grip on his fingers eased, and I felt so much older. And when it was done, Mr. Dollar, the barber, said, I was a fine young man. Afterward, with the manly scent of hair tonic filling my nostrils, Dad took me for an ice cream. And all the way home, I sat tall and proud in the front seat of the Chevy so that everyone we passed could see that now I was no longer a child, that indeed I had just had a real barbershop haircut, and that truly I was a fine young man. My dad's hand taught me something that day. It taught me that to love is to trust. And through all the love that I have ever known, that has been the constant truth and the one I hold on to most dearly. Now let's go back many thousands of years and imagine you are a 75-year-old man who was asked to take your family and all of your possessions to a new, far-off land, to a place you had never, ever been to. That was what the Lord asked of Abraham and Sarah. And Abraham and Sarah went because they held the hand of God. They knew that to love God was to trust God. They willingly moved from their hometown of Haran away from all of their friends and familiar environs to an unknown land, to Canaan, where the only thing they had to count on was God's promise that he would always be with them, to bless them, and to make of them a great nation someday. No wonder we call Abraham and Sarah not only the parents of a nation, but the parents of faith. Indeed, the three major religions of the world, Hebrew, Christian and Islam each traced their roots to Abraham and Sarah. I think you would agree with me that life is filled with adventure, that life is a journey of faith, starting with your own birth, your first steps, your first barbershop haircut, your first day at school, all of your teenage years, your first time away from home, the rigors of college or the military, your first days at the job, perhaps the choosing of a mate, raising a child, letting go of that child, career changes, illness, and loss of a cherished one. Life isn't easy, but it is adventurous. Much like Abraham and Sarah, life bids us on journeys to places unknown, 
sometimes with sudden twists and turns, and oftentimes with more questions than answers. And as much as you plan, as much as you may think you have it all figured out, something else happens. And when that something does happen, it can be a time of fear, or it can be a time to trust. There are also life-changing inward journeys, like our gospel story today of Nicodemus. We don't know much about this man except that he was a religious leader, and he came to Jesus by night. Now, why night? Was it because he was a respected leader of the Jewish council and he didn't want to be seen associating with this radical Galilean preacher? Or did he come in the dark because he was in the dark? Maybe his curiosity got to him, and he wanted to know who this Jesus really was. Maybe he had some sense this rabbi from Galilee was someone of great importance. Like for many of us, something wasn't quite settled for Nick. He was searching, and despite his evident security, his life was incomplete. Maybe it was a crisis of faith. Whatever it was, I think Nicodemus was on an inward spiritual journey. Now, I find that there are many people on a spiritual quest of some kind. Like Nick, they are seekers. Some are new to the Christian faith, and some have been members of a church for a long, long time. With the position Nick held, you would have thought he had all of the answers, but Jesus could see he did not. And so he tells Nicodemus, you must be born from above. Now that's a mysterious way to introduce yourself, Jesus. What in the world did you mean by that? Some within the Christian family use this text to say that you need to make a personal decision, an act of your own will. You must be born again. I don't know about you, but it wasn't my idea how or when I was born. I did not have some prenatal instinct to come to a decision. My birth, my circumstances, were a gift, unasked for, and totally undeserved. Jesus says that this being born anew is like the wind, which blows where the wind wants to blow. We don't know where it comes from or where it goes, unless you are Dave Hovde, our local KSBY weatherman. The wind has its own way, but we know it when we experience it. Now listen to this. This is important. This is the basic secret for Christians. It's not about effort or willpower. The secret is faith. It's trust. And trust is an adventure that I guarantee you will help you escape from the humdrum of any kind of boring existence. The gospel tells us there's so much more to life than what we tend to make of it. What does it say in John 3.16, our favorite Bible passage, one that we probably all have memorized, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Luther called this verse the gospel in a nutshell. You don't even need all the other verses. All you need is that, to know that God so loved the world and God so loves you. You matter to God. There's something reserved for those persons who are willing to give up all that they have to follow Christ and place your hand into his hand. In my first church in Northern California was a man named Hank. He was the chief of police for our small town, a big burly guy that you didn't want to mess with. His wife, Shirley, would come to worship nearly every Sunday. Hank was more the twice-a-year kind. And when he did come, he wore a perpetual scowl on his face. Maybe he didn't like that I was always preaching about love and forgiveness, and he was a person of the law who experienced a side of humanity I 
didn't. One day he surprised me by coming to my office at the church to let me know two things. First, he had been diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumor. And secondly, that he wanted to be baptized. You've never been baptized, I asked, not even as a child? No, he said. I wasn't raised in a Christian home. And thus began a journey for Hank, a new adventure. He and I met frequently and went through the Bible and the meaning of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And while I did teach a lot about grace and mercy, I think Hank still kind of favored the Ten Commandments. On the day of his baptism, the church was full of his police buddies, many in uniform. And when the water was poured over his head, there was applause and tears. Outside at the reception, Hank startled me by saying, And now for the 21-gun salute. And I half expected the men in uniform to pull out their guns and fire a kind of volley into the air. But that's when I saw, for the first time, Hank's kidding smile. And for Shirley, his wife, who would soon have to let her husband go and begin a whole new adventure of her own, that day was an answer to prayer. Hank learned the secret. To love is to trust. He placed his hand in Christ's hand. And so it is with us. This adventure of life, this invitation of a great journey. Maybe it's our first barbershop haircut or navigating the twists and turns of life. This life with Jesus is hardly humdrum. Yes, the wind blows where it wills. We do not have all the answers. We are merely asked to look up at the cross and to know with assurance that this God who so loves the world loves you and me too. And then we are invited to take the hand of the Lord and continue our journey with a confident faith. Amen. Oh, by the way, at the very end of chapter 19 of John's Gospel, we see that Jesus died on the cross. But guess who it was who carried Jesus and laid him into the tomb on that dark Good Friday? It was Nicodemus, <laughs> and he gives and wraps the body with spices, with great honor, and a, I think great love. Do you think uh, Nicodemus saw the light? I think so. Amen. Oh,